the Vikings are slated to lose 28 players to free agency when the league year turns over, including Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter. So what should they do about all that? Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it? I want to do you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show Every single day, my hashtag everydayers. I appreciate you all so very much uh, for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. If you're new, you can find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is an audio listening place like SiriusXM, and you can also just search out whatever sports team on the SXM app and find hometown broadcasts wherever you are in the world. So, If you want to search out, say, the Minnesota Timberwolves, you can get hometown broadcasts right there. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off of your first purchase. Today on the show, uh, one of the first things that the Vikings will have to figure out once they figure out staffing. By the way, on that, uh, just as an update, not one Flores interview has been requested yet. Kind of crazy. We're still waiting on some of the teams that were a little bit later in their uh, coach firings, like Tennessee, Seattle, and New England. Sounds like New England's just going to like go with Gerard Mayo, like maybe Vrabel, but those other two teams haven't really done anything. I don't think Atlanta's uh, put out any requests either, unless I missed something on Thursday. Uh, so that's interesting. So <laughs> if if Flores does end up staying and, and the, the head coaching cycle does play out, which we'll probably have to sweat it for like a month because most of these teams are going to wait till after the playoffs to really make decisions. Um, but if it all plays out and Flores does end up staying, we'll have some interesting talks to have about that scheme and how it can grow in year two into something that's a little more sustainable. But that's not what we're here to do today. Today, uh, I want to talk about the pending free agents. There are 28 players on this list furnished by Over the Cap, which uh, are slated to become free agents. And I, I guess we'll we'll just go down the list and decide, all right, what's their situation? Do we want them back? And some of these are going to be really quick because they're like practice squad guys or or super depthy guys that we don't really need to worry about. But some of these guys present some really interesting situations. We'll start right at the top with Kirk Cousins, of course, uh, who I just did an entire show on that situation. So I will table it to there, (laughs) whether or not he should come back, what that contract would look like, what the situation is like and all that. So listen to yesterday's show if you missed it and and you you can get all the Kirk Cousins talk there. Very complex situation. Um, But for us, let's move on to Daniel Hunter, who is going to void out the same way that Kirk Cousins will. And therefore, extending him would have that same weird effect that extending Kirk Cousins will. Here's where I'm at on Daniel Hunter. I just don't think you can afford to let him walk. And I think a lot of people who really want the Vikings to kind of backslide into oblivion so that they can like build up from the ashes. Uh, honestly, like I don't think you need to make that decision on a team level because each that th- those decisions and, and those kind of team directions are... A, a sum of a whole bunch of individual personnel moves. And I think you can look at the individual personnel moves and what every team is doing is going to make a lot more sense. Ultimately, most teams are going to think they at least have a, a puncher's chance 
at a Super Bowl victory, even the ones that you would maybe laugh at them for thinking that. But that's the way NFL teams think. You do not get to the professional level of the sport without thinking that way. Every year, there's maybe two or three teams that are saying like, man, we're just like super in a weird spot. We just fired everybody. We're we're rebuilding and we're going to be okay with it. But for the most part, teams are trying to get better. And if you look at the individual situations of everything the Vikings have done over the last five years, where you don't know if they're going all in or if they're trying to rebuild, which is a false dichotomy, please let it go. Uh, if you look at those individual situations, they'll all make sense. And for me, the individual situation of Daniel Hunter is immune to the direction of the team. You should just want Daniel Hunter on your team. He's just really good at edge rushing. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, last time I brought this up, there were a couple of people, I think it was YouTube comments that were very upset about the idea of Daniel Hunter becoming back on a, on a big contract because the Vikings pass rush was bad anyways. You know what would make it worse? Losing the best player on it and a top 10 player in the league. And and you, by the way, you can't argue that he's not a top 10 pass rusher. Uh, top 10 in pressures, 16 and a half sacks, by the way. Still had 10 and a half sacks last year, which was seen somehow as a down year, and it was still a double, double digit sack year. This is a top 10 dude at his position. And whatever team you are trying to quote unquote rebuild into, you will not build without edge rushers. There is no defense that works without edge rushers. It, it does not exist, whether you're a 3-4 or a 4-3, or you do like, you know, middle field closed cover three stuff, whether you're a quarter, quarter, half Fangio team, it all needs edge rushers. Because ultimately, we live in a world in the league where outside zone is king. Outside zone and mid zone are king. Those are runs that go behind the tackles. And those tackles match up with the edge rushers. Everything starts and stems from there. The success of those plays is going to be paramount to the, the direction of, of a game because it's going to determine the volume at which teams run. It's going to determine the comfort with which they have you know play action. It's just going to determine a lot of the down and distance because teams are going to run a lot of outside zone on first down. Are those going to be second and nines or second and fours? Um, that set the edge job that a, that a pass rusher has is everything. Not to mention the effect that they do have on the passing game. But because most offenses are built from the run game and then everything stems off of the run game, edge rushing is everything. And when you have a top 10 player at a position that is that important, you don't let him walk until he's no longer top 10. I want every ounce of good football that we can get out of this guy. And you know what? When he's 34 and he's washed, we can talk about being, being a cap casualty, but that ain't it. He's turning 30 this year and he is at the top of his game. He should retire a Viking. If, if I'm being honest, unless he wants to play 10 more years and five bad or five of them are bad or something like that. Uh, but there's just no world in which not signing Daniel Hunter is an option. So what would that contract be? Let me get back to you on that. Um, I, I would imagine it would be something like a 20 mil, but that's a major guess. Just looking at some contracts that are in place right now, like Max Crosby's or Bradley Chubb's or Khalil Max there. Uh, all of those guys, by the way, late 20s, early 30s. And those are all 23, 22, 24 million. So let's call it a $24 million deal. And I don't think that you can find a better use for $24 million a year than Daniil Hunter. I don't think you can bust that up into three different players. That'd be like three Josh Olivers. Like that's not going to do it. I, I think that's about as, as far as your money goes is spending it on Daniil Hunter. So I am ardently in favor 
of re-signing Daniil Hunter. And honestly, I think if Kwesi lets Daniil Hunter walk and tries to like moneyball a pass rush and the Vikings give up 350 pass yards a game, I'm going to get the pitchforks and the torches because I think it is an absolute no-brainer to bring back the single most effective player on your defense uh, and try to build something around that, whatever it is and whatever Flores wants to do. Letting him go and trying to like split that money into three different players, I think that's an idiot move. Um, on the other edge, we have Marcus Davenport, who is becoming a uh, a free agent via void years as well. So he's going to carry a big dead cap hit because the Vikings did a lot of void stuff so that his cap hit wasn't bad. Last year, it's 6.8 mil, uh, which would also spread back out. So if you did want to sign Marcus Davenport to another deal and kind of say, hey, let's take another run at this. You got hurt. Let's see if you can stay healthy this time. Um, I, I'm open to it, but I don't think that a $13 million price tag, I don't think it was appropriate in the first place. And I definitely don't think it's appropriate now. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the Vikings let him walk. I wouldn't be really crying tears. Like I wouldn't be mad the same way I would be mad if Daniel Hunter walked. Uh, but I think there is a world where you say, Hey, let's do something provisional, right? It helps us with our dead cap. Anyways, let's give you, you know, a big incentive laden deal and say, if you can stay healthy and you can get so many sacks, then, you know, you can make your way up to making a $10 million deal, right? If you, if you like hit these incentives, but otherwise it's going to be like a $4 million deal, which by the way, would actually make his dead cap hit like go down. So it would be like a cap saving move. And hey, let's this. We took a flyer on this dude. It whiffed. Let's, uh, I don't know, th- shoot another half court shot and see what happens. Right. Um, just try to keep the price down with it. Uh, and I don't think Quasi did a very good job of, of it with that one. But I, I would I would be OK with seeing him back. I'm fairly agnostic on this one. Take it or leave it. Um, interesting one in Jordan Hicks. Uh, as well as Dalton Reisner, Josh Dobbs, Greg Joseph is a pending free agent. There's a lot more guys to get to. So uh, we're going to have to try to get through a lot of these, although they'll get faster as the list goes on. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you total peace of mind with your purchase. You can see your seat before you buy, so you know you're not getting screwed there. You can see the price, and even if you go somewhere else later and you find the same row and section at a lower price, game time means you will get the best price. Even if that happens, they will credit you 110% of the difference. They are loyal to you, and they want you on game time, so go take advantage of that. All of the prices show the total up front, so they're not trying to get you with hidden fees or any of that stuff. And they can find you really good last-minute deals and flash sales on tickets that would otherwise be crazy expensive to get kind of at the last moment, even leading up to an hour into the event, whether it is a basketball game or a concert, theater, whatever, maybe even a, a, a football playoff game, depending on where in the world you live. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. When you're done with this, I would love it if you went to patreon.com slash NFL and watched one or both of my quarterback breakdowns that are up so far. I have done Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. If you're interested in those players, if you're curious about those players, their uh, prospects as Vikings, their prospects as just quarterbacks in general, because they're going to play somewhere, right? Um, 
go check it out. I, I spent a lot of time on it and worked really hard on it, and I would love it. And they are free to watch, too. They're on my Patreon page, but you don't have to be a patron to watch them. Uh, also, check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 YouTube stream. If you go to Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel, you will find a 24-7 live stream of Locked On Sports content. There is nothing like it on the internet, so go check that out. Or if you're just interested in Minnesota sports, go to Locked On Minnesota Sports uh, just search that out on YouTube, and you can find a Minnesota sports version of it, which has this show, as well as all of the other Minnesota offerings from the Lockdown Network. Moving on, Jordan Hicks is a pending free agent. He's going into his age 32 season, uh, and he is a sort of interesting case. Um, I don't know what to make of Jordan Hicks. So here's the deal. This is a schematic question. I am not as sold on Jordan Hicks's play as, as everybody was this year. I saw what he did that was really good. I, I saw the run play especially. And the new there is a nuance in, in what Jordan Hicks's run defense is like that I think goes underappreciated. So I'm not like hating super hard for any intensive purposes. That said, when Jordan Hicks was on the field, when he was simming pressure, defenses like one of the solves to Brian Flores's defense that I was crowing about for three weeks or four weeks down the stretch there was that they understood that if you threw to the flat on Jordan Hicks's side, he was either going to blitz and be part of the protection call or he would be on that flat zone and he's never getting there. And everyone, everyone's running back is faster than Jordan Hicks. He's only getting older. And as much as his veteran leadership is appreciated, and I have a lot of respect for that. For me, I think it's time to pass the torch. I would not be particularly worried if the Vikings let Jordan Hicks walked and went into draft weekend needing a linebacker. Um, I don't know about this class, so I, I, I reserve the right to take that back if I learn that there's like no linebackers in this class or whatever. But a big run-thumping linebacker that doesn't necessarily need to be a hyper-athlete, just needs to be able to hold a spot, uh, is, I don't think, the hardest thing to find in the draft. And somebody with a little bit more youth that can maybe get out to those zones, they don't need to be the fastest linebacker in the world, right? But somebody that isn't 32 <laughs> um, and visibly slowing down is... I think a better way to go about that. And, and I think it's a better use of resources. Like the opposite of what I said with Daniel Hunter. With Daniel Hunter, you want to spend 24 mil on him. I don't think you get more out of $24 million than spending it on a, on Daniel Hunter, right? But with Jordan Hicks, whatever he would cost, I think there are more efficient ways to spend that money or, or, or those resources. I think there's cheaper ways to get the same level of play at linebacker. So I'm good to let Jordan Hicks walk. If they do bring him back, I hope it's not you know, a, a crazy expensive, like sentimentality deal. Um, but I don't like, I don't want to go too hard on him uh, because a lot of what he did was really good. I think I was just a little bit worried about what the future holds. Moving on to Dalton Reisner. This is an interesting one. I got, I want to slam it, man. I'm ready to, for the Reisner era here. So I think he played pretty well, right? I will say, and, I, and I'll defend this pretty hard if people want to argue with me. I'd like, I'll, I'll make a whole Patreon about it if people want. Um, I think Ezra Cleveland was a better guard over his time than Dalton Reisner was in his. I, I think the Vikings did get a little worse and they got a sixth round pick. And ultimately, things 
had fallen apart so much at the end of the season that that was a little bit caught up in the wash. So whatever, right? Um, that said, that I don't think that Reisner played poorly by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and I'm pretty ready to bring him back as a starter and the consistency is there. And, and with offensive line, continuity does have value. The 2023 offensive line is a great example of that. In 2022, that offensive line was like fine at best. They brought back every single guy. It was one of my key worries going into the season. If you go back and listen to me in like August or early September, I'm like, they brought back the same line? Like, are we sure that's okay? And it turned out to be a unit that played really, really, really well. And maybe the worst thing that happened to them was Ezra Cleveland getting traded to the Jaguars and messing up their chemistry because especially Reisner and Bradbury had some struggles communicating right away uh, and communicating with like their zones and stuff with combo blocks and all that. And that's fair, right? That's super understandable. So yeah, let's get him into a camp and I, he, the locker room took to him in a way that, you know, people in Denver were worried that it wouldn't for, for, for him because things flamed out weirdly in Denver, not an issue at all here, at least not that I understand. So yeah, man, bring him back. Let's go. <laughs> I'm into it. And, and I think that, Guard in particular is a position that's better suited by a veteran than it is by a rookie because rookie guards just take a while. Look at Ed Ingram. Look at the difference between Ed Ingram rookie year and Ed Ingram this year, which, by the way, Ed Ingram cooked this year. Uh, Like, he was pretty good, um, especially in the back half of the year. So I'm pretty good with running back this O-line kind of as it is. Maybe you want to get better at center if you don't like Garrett Bradbury. I can at least respect that. Uh, But with Reisner... I would rather bring him back than take my chances on the market. Next one is Oli Udo, who uh, was brought back as on, on a one-year deal on that. There was like that weird veteran benefit exception contract. If you remember me talking about that earlier in the season, if you were with me, uh, if not, basically it's a thing you can do like once a year where a, a player who's played like four accrued seasons, you can pay them two and a half million dollars, uh, but it only counts for so much against your salary cap. Uh, it only counts for like the veteran minimum against your salary cap. So you can kind of get free money that way. And that's what they did with him. And then he blows out his knee. So I, I think he's probably, I think that that experiment is over. He was a 2019 Rick Spielman draft pick athletic raw potential. Never really got to that place, but got to the place of a backup player. I think he's got a future in this league. I don't know if it's with Minnesota. Uh, Josh Dobbs, what a fascinating idea. Unfortunately, I don't think that there is room for him here, especially if Kirk comes back, which probably determines the the fate of Joshua Dobbs. Uh, I, I think he hits the market, which honestly good for him. He can go be with a team, have camp with that team, actually have time to learn a playbook like a normal person for once. He spent the last two or three years just bouncing between things and always being behind the eight ball. It's been a really unfair circumstance for him. But when I look at the Vikings quarterback situation, Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall are under contract, right? You'd have to actively cut them to save really not much cap space. I don't even think you save any with Jaron Hall because it's a rookie deal. I think it's it's still negative if you cut him into, uh, no, not a, not a day three. You'd save some, but it's trivial, right? You're more concerned about the roster spot. But what I will say is for a 90-man roster, Roster spots themselves are not really a cost. Most teams won't even be able to fill out 88 or like their 88th or 89th or 90th player uh, without really dipping deep into the undrafted free agent pool or going to you know grab XFL guys. Or I guess it's the UFL now like roster spots going into camp are very abundant. 
when it becomes a cost for somebody like Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall is when roster spots are no longer abundant on cup cut down day. And that's when I can totally see one of those guys getting axed if they don't have the right kind of camp or something like that. I would love to bring Josh Dobbs back in and see if he can compete for that if there is room for him. But if Kirk Cousins is there and you have this room of Cousins, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, bringing in Josh Dobbs, you usually don't have enough time in camp to genuinely consider four quarterbacks and give them all the practice time that they need. So it's probably healthier to go in with with three. And then a lot of times they'll bring in like a random undrafted guy. I think like Mitchell Eidner was this for the Vikings once. He was basically just a, a dude doing the handoffs for the running backs for their drill. <laughs> and he didn't really like have a, a true chance to make the team or anything like that. And I wouldn't do that to Josh Dobbs. I think he deserves a, like a God's honest shot. So if there's room, I'd love to have him, but I kind of don't think there is. And and I think it was, hey, thanks for those really two cool game, those really cool two games. But uh, now we go our separate ways. Still a couple of interesting ideas here, as well as some that I'm going to be honest, I don't care about at all. So <laughs> we'll keep going here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by Jace Medical. Look, we are still very much amidst an active like global health emergency. And that is going to make it kind of hard to get your hands on medications that don't have anything to do with COVID. Things for stuff like skin infections, bacterial infections, UTIs, stuff that happens to people pretty regularly. But if you don't get your hands on the right medications, it can go from an annoying thing to really bad fast. And depending on where you live, it might be hard to get to a pharmacy. And sometimes it's hard for pharmacies to fill those prescriptions. Even if you're totally on the up and up and you have your insurance ready and all that stuff, you can still have to wait and you that might be a big problem. So be prepared. That's what the Jace case is for. Five different antibiotics that at least treat a long list of bacterial illnesses and delivered directly to your door. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get 20 bucks off of your order. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. So I've only gone through six of these names, seven of these names, and I still have 21 to go. So we're going to rapid fire, although a lot of these are pretty easy to see them uh, walking away. But the first couple are kind of hard. There's Cam Akers is the next guy on this list here. Uh, he, I, I really want to see him back. I think that he really took to the Vikings culture. He, I think he was the best running back the Vikings had this year. And when he blew out his Achilles, it's scary. I don't know what kind of guy you get who's coming back off of two separate Achilles injuries. And I believe they were on different ankles too. You're just that unlucky. Um, but rehabbing from one and then having to rehab from one again can change your physiology in a way that's really scary. So I don't think you pay Cam Akers a lot, but I want to see him in camp. I want to see him come back. I want just the story, right? See if you can get back from those Achilles injuries and see if you can still be the guy that you were. If not, we cut you and, you know, hey, we gave it a shot, but I would love to see him back. Greg Joseph, nope. <laughs> Dude's been a bottom five kicker for three years. I don't really understand what the Vikings keep seeing in him, uh, but I, I'm, I'm pretty over it. He is has missed too many extra points. He's incredibly unreliable. Uh, he was used to be really reliable from over 50. Now I think he's just unreliable from over 50 and a little more reliable under 50 kind of has transitioned into like what you'd expect from like old kickers. I just, you can just do better. I think with an undrafted kid out of college or somebody that, that was good, but had a weird meltdown and got cut over it and just needs a fresh start. 
I, I don't know. I think you can absolutely improve on this position, and um, I think you can save resources on it as well. Jonathan Bullard, so he'll be 31, but I really want him back. And I think he's one of the most unsung players on the on the defense, especially like, look, the Vikings had a great run defense, except that one Eagles game, <laughs> but everything else was awesome. They didn't really get run on this year. They got passed on a little bit down the stretch because the coverage and the blitzes and all that stuff got figured out. Um, but for what Jonathan Bullard was in Minnesota to do, which was be a run defender, he was great at that. He was a rotational player, and he did really, really well at that veteran presence. I'm all for bringing Jonathan Bullard back. Uh, Chris Reed, I very much take it or leave it. He was hurt. He, I think he did actually get in during the, the Packers game when a bunch of guards got hurt and stuff like that. I, I still like him as a player. A uh, eh, little old. You can bring him back if you want some a, a veteran presence and some depth and, and competition there. I wouldn't hate it, but I, I wouldn't be very sad or anything. I, I don't think he's a priority. Next up is Brandon Powell. Uh, that's a pretty easy slam for me. Uh, again, people who do a lot of things are going to have value just based on that versatility because they can do the jobs of two guys and save you a roster spot, right? So somebody that can be kind of wide receiver four depth at your in your wide out room and, and at least be sensible there, right? Powell wasn't perfect, but he was definitely sensible depth as well as a reliable punt returner. And you, know, you just don't have to worry about that in the offseason. It's definitely worth it. I would definitely slam bringing him back. Plus, I, I think O'Connell will want him back. There's definitely a relationship there. Uh, Johnny Munt, best TE3 in the league. Again, sure, but also not 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 too necessary. Uh, Nick Muse is also on this list, but he's an exclusive rights free agent, which means uh, that you can bring him back for a very, very, very minimal deal. And he'll be cheaper than Johnny Munt. And maybe you decide that you're ready to, to kind of take that leap with him. Uh, but I don't think you keep both. Nick Vigil also joined the team. I have no real interest in bringing him back. Anthony Barr. Uh, for sentimental reasons, I, as a fan would always be fine with it, but I don't think that, I mean, he played in like two games. It's kind of who he is. And I wouldn't be, uh, surprised if I would actually be surprised if he didn't retire at this point. I think he's very much at the tail end of his career, but sure. If he wants to come back again and just be a guy that plays two games again, I, I guess you're welcome to do that. Uh, Austin Schlotman backup center again, I am all right with it. But I, I don't think I need it. <laughs> uh, backup center is a position that I think you, you can get here. Continuity, again, really big thing. If, you, if they wanted to pursue continuity there and bring him back, I guess that would be fine. All these guys I'm talking about now, by the way, are, are coming in on veteran minimums and things that are like fairly negligible against the cap. Uh, because if if you're, you're not going to sign Austin Schlopman, you're going to sign somebody else to be the backup. Somebody's got to be the backup center, right? The, there's going to be a backup center on the cap and you either spend a draft pick on it or you spend a minimal amount of cap on it. So whether it's Schlopman or somebody else, very much whatever. Uh, David Questenberry, I think he acquitted himself pretty well as a backup right tackle. So wouldn't hate bringing him back. But again, I mean, he's going to be 34. So again, maybe you want a little bit of a youth movement. This old line's old. Sheldon Day going into his 30 age 30 season uh, it would be crazy not to bring him back I, for what he did. It was a, a minimal role again, but similar to Jonathan Bullard, that rotation had its moments of, of being really, really effective. And uh, the run defense in turn was really, really effective. So I would love to bring him back again and see if he can't make the team again. I think honestly, cutting him was the biggest mistake uh, the Vikings made with regard to him, right? Brought him in. All we wish we had was more. Um, DJ Wanham, 
I think DJ Wanham can parlay uh, his track record into more money than I would be comfortable spending on him. And I don't think he would be worth that money, but I think he could get it. <laughs> like he can look and be like, look at all the sacks I got. Look at all these plays that I made, right? Like I think there's a sell with DJ Wanham, but but I, don't, I, I think it would not be great. I, I wouldn't really be too bummed to see uh, other people in that edge room and a total overhaul of that edge room. That said, they might have to just because who else are you going to bring in? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not super, uh, attached to DJ Wanham. I do think he took a step forward this year though, in terms of consistency and especially in the run defense and setting the edge. So for whatever that's worth, uh, Hakeem Adenogy, I don't, I don't care. No, no, no need for it. James Lynch. Uh, he, of course he, he got hurt in the preseason and, uh, or no, he got, he got hurt in camp, I think towards ACL. Um, so I, I think he's got to go or he's he's got to hit free agents, free agency. I, I don't think there's any reason for the Vikings to bring him back. And that sucks for him. Like that really sucks for him. His career is now contingent on one of these 32 teams saying, yeah, I'll give you a chance rotational player who is coming off an ACL injury. That's a really tough sell. Uh, and I don't think he deserves to be in that tight a spot. Kyrie's Tonga, I think I could take or leave of, of all the interior D linemen between Bullard and Sheldon Day and Tonga. I, I think Tonga was the least consistent. He got washed down the river a few times. And for the fun season he had in 2022, I, I do think he regressed. So take it or leave it. He'll be 28. Uh, he's also a restricted free agent right now. So um, you can do like tenders and stuff with him if you really wanted to. Uh, he's he's older for that because he did the BYU mission thing. So he's kind of two years ahead of the curve for people who are usually like 26 when they're hitting that. Uh, Blake Brandell is somebody I would definitely bring back. I think he was definitely like quality O-line depth and I would actually value that. I, I would bring him back and I wouldn't hate seeing him make three or four million dollars. Um, KJ Osborne is on this list. Uh, he is... Low on the list because this was ordered by their contract number in 2023, and he was on a rookie deal for a, a fifth-round pick, so obviously pretty low contract number. I think he's earned a payday somewhere. I don't know if it's necessarily Minnesota, um, and I think because Minnesota has Jefferson and Addison, I think he can get a bigger role somewhere else, and therefore he can make more money somewhere else. So I think KJ Osborne and the Vikings will part ways here. I think it's just right for both sides. That said, if he did end up back in Minnesota, I'd be pretty happy with it. Uh, Theo Jackson is another exclusive rights free agent. So there's no reason not to bring him back. Um, there's no negotiation to that. You just sign it. Uh, it's, it's kind of what happens with like free agents or with, uh, with undrafted rookies that like get cut and then come back. Um, which is what Theo Jackson was on the practice squad for a couple of years. So yeah, I, I, I think he's back and there's no reason not to, and there's no, not really any uh, world where it wouldn't happen. And then finally, we're down to TJ Smith, also an exclusive rights free agent. So I, I kind of feel like you just slammed the button on all three of those guys, those exclusive rights free agents, uh, Nick Muse being the third, and see what happens in camp because there's really no cost to doing it. And, and um, you know, if they don't make the team, they don't make the team. That's happens all the time. So there you have it. Uh, if you were keeping a tally at home, let me know how I did. Did I try to bring too many people back? I don't know. Like a lot of these people are like, yeah, man, take it or leave it or whatever. But there are a few I feel like genuinely like I would like, you know, Daniel Hunter, of course, Cam Akers, Blake Brandell, uh, guys that. I mean, in Hunter's case, it's different, but like with Blake Brandell, guys that fill a role that somebody's going to have to somebody has to be the backup guard, right? Whether it's Brandell or somebody else, 
is a resource management thing. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of those guys could end up coming back. And that's going to be the kind of stuff you see like right away in free agency before we get the real fun splash signings. You're going to be hitting refresh, hit, refresh, hit, refresh. And you're going to be like Vikings re-sign Blake Brandell. And you're going to be like, ah, and really disappointed. Get ready for whatever emotion that puts you through because it will happen. It does every year. All right. I'll see you guys all next week. Enjoy wildcard weekend. And as always, skull. <laughs>